Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. What up? This is Podcast Rebellion. I am Zach Barry. Uh, welcome back. We've been off for a couple weeks. Uh, had a lot of actual work to be done, traveling and whatnot, but we are back for week one of the 2017 chaos season for Ole Miss. And joining me is Ole Miss Sports' very own Brian Rippey. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. So, um, going into week one, um, trying to see who I could get to come on the show that's been around the program a lot. And I believe as of now you are a digital media reporter for .com. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. All right. So uh, before we get started in on asking about this year and what you think about this week, um, I guess just kind of give us a quick little rundown, you know, where you're from, how you got your start, and uh, this, that, and the other. Sure. Um, I'm originally from Jackson, Mississippi. Um, I came up to Ole Miss in the business school, actually. And one day I was just in one of my freshman writing classes, or it was actually one day in the summer, and I had just done an essay on that happened to me on, like, paying college athletes or something in class. And the teacher sent it to the DM, so they ran it as a guest column the next semester, which I didn't even know had happened. And so I kind of got hooked up with the sports editor at the time and started writing baseball and football stuff um, and then really just kind of fell in love with it. So I, I kind of changed my major to something more shifted towards that and worked there for two years as the sports editor um, and then ventured out and did some other stuff with the Clarion Ledger and Scout.com and D1 Baseball. Um, and then a couple weeks before graduation, um, I honestly didn't really know what I was doing and they presented. They offered me a chance to come back here and go to grad school and be essentially was like digital media reporter is just kind of a fancy term for this being the school's reporter. Um, and so it sounded like a good fit. I like writing about Ole Miss. They wanted a lot of feature stories and stuff like that. Um, so it, it seemed like a perfect fit for me, and it, it's been great so far. Well, good deal. So, um, so yeah, so we'll go. We'll, we'll jump in right there. So you are essentially the reporter for Ole Miss. Um, football, I guess, essentially this season. So you've been around the team a lot, um, I guess, throughout spring and fall camp. So obviously we know about the investigation, uh, the uncertainty of what's going to happen with the sanctions and whatnot. So just overall, what's been your your feel of the team and, and just their mental makeup going into week one? Um, I, I know – I know most of everybody on the team would probably give you the standard we're just ready to play ball answer, but I think to a degree that's actually the case. You know, I, I think it's, it's kind of like last year in the sense to where the, you know, the tumultuous offseason, um, it's kind of – I don't know if it's taking a toll on these guys or they're just tired of hearing about it, but the, the mood at practice has been upbeat, um, and I really think they're just ready to get out there and play. Um, it was telling yesterday when Shea Patterson came in for his availability, 
you know, they asked him, you know, what his emotions would be Saturday. And he, he said relief. He said, you know, he and the guys would just be relieved to get out there. And, um, you know, that's a small word, but I think word choice is very telling. And so I, I think, you know, him saying that kind of gives off the vibe that they're just ready to get out there and kind of the noise to take a back seat to the game. Um, and I think they've stayed pretty together. I think that is a huge testament to Matt Luke. Um, I think if he had not been here and it was just some other, you know, schmuck they threw in an intern for the time being, other than a guy who's been around Ole Miss for so long and actually knows, you know, a lot about how to run a program, um, I'm not sure if the vibe would be the same. But, you know, he, the players love him. He's really passionate. He's really upbeat. Um, uh, I'm trying to think who's telling somebody. I can't remember if it was um, Peeler or Coach Peeler or um, Coach Jones was telling a story about how the other night after their scrimmage, Luke got so fired up about talking about the game that he was, like, jumping up and down and, like, chest-bumping people, and the whole team just got fired up. So I think they're just ready to get out there, and um, he's done a great job kind of keeping them together through all this. So I guess as .com's official reporter, do you get any more access than the other media members since they're going to want actual features and things like that? Um, a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a lot more access, but, you know, it, it, it's nice being in-house because, like you said, when they do want feature stories like that, they could, you know, sit, be, sit me down with whoever it may be and I can um, sit down and talk with them more. So I get a little more like sit-down access and one-on-one stuff um, just because it being in-house, you know, those, the athletic department has an idea of what they want out there. And, um, and you know, it, when it's coming from in-house, there's less of a risk of, you know, the extra exposure and extra availability. So, yeah, I, I would say a little bit, but not, not a lot. I think the the biggest question mark going in to this season, other than the NCAA investigation, so on the field the biggest question is going to be the defense. Last year they were just incredibly bad. Um, going into this year, I know um, linebacker is the biggest question. Uh, safety is – it's still also kind of up in the air. So being out in practice, talking to the players, how do you think they will respond on Saturday to just basically just being bashed all off season about how bad they were? I think to a degree they've taken that into account. It, there's been a lot of turnover defensively, whether it be the coaching staff or on the defensive line. Granted, a lot of the secondary is back. But, I mean, it's kind of a new makeup uh, DNA-wise for the defense. So, I think it's in their mind. Like, they know the struggles they had last year. They've been asked about it repeatedly. Um, I do think they're eager to get out there and kind of, you know, write the script, I guess. Um, so, I, I, I think they're pretty ready to get out there and kind of improve their reputation. Um, McGriff the other day said something about, you know, what, what's what's going to be this year's story? How are they going to remember us about the last game? So, I, I think that's really, really – they're just trying to change the mindset. And I think McGriff has brought – um, a lot more energy. Not that you know Dave Womack was bad, but you know McGriff's going to be on the sidelines. He's going to be celebrating with the players, kind of bringing that energy. I think that makes a huge difference. So um, I, I think they'll be improved this year. I really do. And that's I'm glad you brought that up. We can go we can go into that. I mean I think that that's going to be huge this season. I think um, a lot of people that may not be as in tune with Ole Miss football may not know, but I mean. I think a lot of the struggles on defense stem from recruiting and just either, you know, misses or just flat out not recruiting. I mean, Dave Womack, Dave Womack didn't recruit. 
he stayed in Oxford, and the assistants went out and recruited. So I think that's going to be something that's huge this year, as not only is Wesley McGriff going to be a lot more energetic and a lot more involved being on the sideline, but he's also one of Ole Miss's key recruiters now. So I think that that's something that will resonate with not only the players with, as you know, with the energy, but then also with potential recruits, you know, depending on what happens with the NCAA investigation, that my actual coordinator is coming out to, to see me play and to talk to my parents. And I think that that was something that, I, I don't know, I wouldn't say Dave Womack just got lazy. Maybe he did, but he definitely didn't help his case by just sitting there and not recruiting. So, um, but staying on the defense, you mentioned the secondary, how they have some players returning. I think a lot of people are really underestimating that unit. Um, you know, how do you see them playing this year? I mean, I think you've got three talented returners and Miles Hartsfield, Jalen Julius, Jalen Jones. So who do you think will step up and, and, and really grab a hold of that safety spot? And then um, how do you think they'll perform just as that back unit? I, I would like to think they will be improved from last year. Um, they have some experience back there. I think um, Zedrick Woods will be – um, he's kind of an unheralded guy. You know, he's a junior with two years of experience, and he's been pretty good at strong safety. Um, I think having his experience back there will help a lot. And, you know, they moved Jalen Jones. Officially on the depth chart, Jalen Jones is listed as the second-string strong safety. Um, they moved him from defensive back. But at the same time, he's been pushing C.J. Moore um, at free safety and been getting reps there. And I actually believe, I think he will eventually start there. Um, I think he is too good. I think he has too good of ball skills and his range and athleticism are too good to keep him off the field. Um, but he's also, on that note, he's also a guy that's going to give you some versatility because he's had experience at corner. He played last year. So whether that's, you know, stepping in at corner if someone gets hurt or merely just lining people up out on the field, um, back at free safety, that will help a lot. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Ken Webster has responded to his knee injury. All signs in practice and through the spring and fall have pointed to he, he looks pretty fine, and he's he's moved over to safety too. So I think they'll be a little bit better over the top, um, especially if Jalen Jones can kind of work in there at strong and free safety some. And then D.D. Bowie is going to play a pretty good bit. Um, he's a guy that's behind Jalen Julius at defensive back on the depth chart, but he, he is definitely going to play. Um, you know, he, he, with the receivers nowadays – being so big, Didi is six foot, got really long arms, super athletic, and played a lot of receiver in high school. Um, I think that will benefit them greatly because, you know, he can go up and challenge balls, and, you know, he has good ball skills just from playing receiver in high school. So I think overall um, they'll be a lot better. I, I think those guys getting thrown into the fire last year, you know, it, it may have damaged their confidence in the short term, but in the end, you know, there's nothing more – invaluable than playing experience so being through that and having 12 games in your belt I mean conventional wisdom would tell you that you know they've got to run out on the field and feel a lot better than they did a year ago and that's something and you know I've you know huge huge miss on my part leaving out Cedric Woods as a returner um he gets kind of lumped in with kind of the linebackers because he kind of plays close to the line of scrimmage in that strong safety or I guess star position um but, I mean, as bad as the defense was last year, I mean, they have a lot of guys who are coming back. And, I, and, you know, a lot of people either put a lot of weight in returning starters or returning players or they don't at all, um, which I, I'm kind of up in the air on if that's valuable or not. You know, if you return terrible players, then 
that doesn't mean they're going to be better automatically. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of leadership in that secondary. And then um, the big thing for me as a defensive unit, I personally think that guys like Benito, jo- Benito Jones, Freeland Speaks, and Marquise Haynes are going to have to have a big year. Um, that's just only going to take pressure off the linebackers. So moving to that unit, the, the biggest question mark of all, how has guys like Brennan Williams and um, Muhammad Sonogo, Josh Clark, and um, Dietrich Bing Dutes looked with uh, new coach uh, Bradley Del Pavetto? They looked pretty good. Um, and I think Coach Pavetto has been done a really good job with them. Um, I like his energy as well. Um, yeah, Brendan Williams is going to play at Sam linebacker, um, and that will help immediately. And I, I think a guy um, right now that maybe people aren't thinking about it much is Dante Evans, and he will start at Mike in place of Dietrich being Dukes for the first game. Um, he's a guy that the coaching staff has pointed out, you know, sometimes unprovoked on multiple instances as a guy that's really taken the next step and become a leader on the team. And so, if you know, if you, you can have him play well, and have Dietrich being Dukes come back and kind of seamlessly slide in there. You know, having, you know, depth at linebacker is something they haven't had the luxury of the last couple of years. So if you throw, you know, Dietrich being Dukes in there with Dante Evans and Demarcus Gates and Brendan Williams can play well, and then you still have Willie Hibbler, who's a big dude, um, at second string Sam linebacker. So I, I think if guys like Dante Evans and Brendan Williams can step up and play well, the depth there will be improved. So before we kind of t- hop in and take a look at, at, at South Alabama, uh, we'll, we'll go over to offense. Um, a year removed from the field, academically ineligible, Jordan Wilkins is back. Um, he has to have given a lift to that position. Um, the, the struggles at running back and in the run game have, have been amplified, practically put on billboards everywhere around town. Um, so him being back and then Devon Penniman another year in the system, things like that, how do you think the run game will look? And then, you know, maybe touch on a little bit of, you know, how experienced that offensive line is and how they will coincide to make things better, hopefully, in Longo's offense. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think the most interesting thing to watch from an offensive standpoint Saturday is going to be at running back. And not necessarily just Wilkins and Penniman, but I'm interested in the guys behind them because Longo has pointed out that you know, they may see as many as four guys back there. They like what they have in Eric Sweeney, who's back in healthy, and you got kind of a speed guy in Eugene Brasley, and then DK Buford has had a pretty good fall camp. Um, and so you know they they keep rotating back and forth on how many running backs they feel comfortable playing and. You know, the number that's been kind of thrown out is you could see as many as four or five play Saturday. Um, so, obviously, yes, Wilkins, like you said, will bring, you know, a lot more stability to that position. And Penniman, really, this camp has solidified himself as that number two guy behind him. So, to me, what would be interesting is maybe in the – whether it be in the later stages of the game or really just any time throughout, is who kind of comes in behind him. Because, I mean, if you have a guy like Eugene Brasley who, you know, can run for some yards and play well behind that offensive line, you really have – kind of underrated, versatile backfield with the different things those guys offer you with, you know, Brasley's speed and um, Jordan Wilkins and Penniman's power. So I, I think that's a really interesting group to watch this Saturday. And um, like you said, they are playing behind the veteran offensive line. It's it's um 
kind of weird to say that Ole Miss has a veteran offensive line because I just feel like the last few years it hasn't been the case. But, you know, part of that has been because Sean Rawlings, if you'll remember, was, I guess it was 2015, um, you know, had to step in in Tunsil's absence when they slid whoever it was over to left tackle and play right tackle for eight games. So he's a junior, and he's got a ton of experience. And you got Javon Patterson and Rod Taylor. And even behind him, um, you know, Luke said that on Saturday they feel comfortable playing eight linemen. Um, which is a lot more than they had in years past. Sean Rawlings said the other day, you know, I remember my freshman year when, you know, it was really five guys, if we were lucky, or six could go out there and play. So they're going to have eight. And, you know, they're, tr- they're trying to develop some of those young guys so they might even have a ninth. Um, whether it be Royce Newman or someone else, they're going to try to bring along, you know, to play at some point in the year, or Ben Brown. So I, I think they have a lot more depth there. And I think that's maybe the most underrated part of the offense is how experienced that line is because they played a lot of football together. Well, I mean, I, I'm, you brought you brought up Sean Rawlings, you know, as a freshman. A lot of people forget, like, he started as a freshman when they went to Bama and won. I mean, unheard of. You, you know, oh, it, not just – Yeah, it's unbelievable. Not just, yeah, I mean, not just, hey, step in and, and, and take a couple snaps against Nickel State. I mean, this was, hey – you're replacing the greatest offensive lineman in this program's history. And, by the way, we're playing on the road in Tuscaloosa. I mean, and this is Sean Rawlings, who who is a, you know, less than stellar, you know, recruit coming out of high school. It wasn't like he was a a fellow five-star with Huntsville. No, no, you're right. And what's more more amazing about that to me is the plan for him coming in was they thought he had good footwork and good skill set and good potential, but, he, you know, he needed to redshirt and he needed to add some weight. But, you know, quickly, I guess that's two or three games in, that didn't become an option. Um, and I, I'm sure, you know, Hugh Freeze or Matt Luke, any of those guys would tell you at the time, you know, that's probably not ideal for them, but I, I think you're seeing the benefits of it now because, you know, he's he's anchoring that offensive line at center and he has a lot of experience. So before we – before we go to look at South Alabama and kind of get get your predictions on how you think things will go this weekend, so I, I just thought of this, and it's it's an int- I think it's an interesting question, something that um, you know could potentially be something that we talk about throughout the year. The run game for Ole Miss has has been a huge huge problem. It was a problem under Freeze during his five seasons, um, struggled last year. But looking at it, you know, talent wise. Other than wide receiver, the offensive line room is about as talented on paper as it gets. And then looking at the running backs, I mean, you got Jordan Wilkins, Devon Penniman, both former four stars. Eric Sweeney, Eugene Brasley, and DK Buford were all high three stars with really impressive offer sheets. So those two rooms being so talented and then still struggling, I mean, do you have anything you can point your finger at as to why? Um, my first – the first thing I'd jump at is scheme. I think the scheme might not have been up to snuff under Hugh Freeze, which is why I'm interested to see Longo's zone blocking scheme and all that. But do you have any other answer besides that or any follow-up comments to that? No, I think you're on the right track there that it was probably more schematically more than anything. Granted, you had some injuries and you had guys like – you know, that weren't as big like Jalen Walton. But honestly, with the, back then with the offensive line problems that Ole Miss had, if you didn't have a back like Jalen Walton, I'm not sure how you'd run the ball at all because, you know, he was quick enough to kind of elude some tackles and get by those guys. So I think you're right. I think it's a schematic thing. And, you know, a, a lot is made of Longo's air raid system. 
But you got to also remember they led. I can't remember if they led or they were second in the FCS in rushing yards too. And he was like the first program yeah. in history to do like I think it was shoot I don't have forty five hundred passing yards and two thousand rushing yards in the same season. Well, no, um, I know I always the the numbers always sticks in my head. I know they ran it fifty two percent of the time last year, and Jeremiah Briscoe still broke tons of records. So it's yeah, it's not it's. People think air raid, they just assume Ole Miss is going to throw the ball 60 times. Right, and Longo's system is – is I, it's hard for me to describe other than complicatedly simple. Like, there's so much you can do off of it, but there's really about I, – I don't I, – I feel uncomfortable putting a number on it, but I would say eight or nine, like, base reads. I mean, pretty much every play they do is a run-pass option. I mean, and he said that. I'm not saying anything that's not – I mean, that's news. So, so it's it's interesting, and I think the players like that because I think it's easy to pick up on. But it also, you know, when you have so many play, plays that are run pass options, I mean, you're going to have some balance in there. And so I think as much as made as with the air raid, like you said, I, rushing the ball in Longo's system is a huge part of that. And I think having a head coach, you know, with an offensive lineman mindset and kind of a running between the tackles thing is only going to enhance that as well. So going into Saturday – home opener, South Alabama coming to town. Everybody knows they took down Mississippi State last year off a missed field goal, um, but really just absolutely took it to Mississippi State in that game. Um, but then they turned right around, lost a couple head scratchers. They got beat by Georgia Southern, Louisiana Lafayette. Um, they, uh, I guess, lost Arkansas State, Troy, um, and then were – blown out, I guess, in their bowl game against Air Force, but completely different team. They just named a starter at quarterback. Um, the name is escaping me, but they had a really big playmaking tight end that was just running all over Mississippi State last year. So with all that said, home opener, all the distractions of the NCAA, give us what what do you expect this Saturday from Ole Miss in their opener? I I think, I, I don't, I honestly, I really don't know what to expect and I say that because like we talked about earlier there's so many question marks on the defensive side of the ball I I think it's pretty safe to say that they're going to score points Um, I don't think there's a whole lot South Alabama can do to match up to what Ole Miss puts on the field personnel wise from a defensive standpoint Um, so I I think they'll score a bunch of points Um, I think it'll just come down to whether Ole Miss can stop the run game Um, and you would like to think against you know, this type of school that you'd be able to do that. But, you know, Ole Miss struggled mightily in that department last year. So if you can, you know, if you can stop the run, and this sounds so generic, but, I mean, really, if you can stop their run game and force that kid to throw the ball a lot, especially on the road in an environment like that, I I think think they'll win without too much problem. But then at the same time, I mean, you saw, to me, that South Alabama game with Mississippi State last year was kind of eerily similar to when Ole Miss lost to Jacksonville State because you felt like everything was in hand in the first half. You're going to get your starters to play, you know, a series or two more, you know, pump it up to a 25, 30-point lead, and you're done. But then the second half is just like it, it was a completely different team and a completely different game. I mean, they could not stop them defensively. Um, so I, I, I think the first few drives of the game for Ole Miss defensively will kind of tell the story because if South Alabama can't keep up and score points, I think that's where Ole Miss will obviously distance themselves. So, just like uh, every other guest that we'll have on this year, we're going to uh, 
put you uh, gun to your head here. Give us your gambling advice. Does Ole Miss cover the, I believe it's minus 26, maybe minus 24 spread? Oh, is that what it is? See, I, had, I hadn't even looked at any of that. I, so my, they're minus 24. Um, Yeah, I, I'll say that they'll, they'll cover that. I, I think, I, I mean, like I said, there's so much unknown, and I would like to think they would. So I'm going to say very hesitantly, yes, I, I think they would. Okay, and then do you think over under scrolling through right now? I think it's fifty seven. Do you think over under? As fast as I mean, it'd be hard for me to go under just any amount with as fast as long as system is going to be. It's just a matter of I think is South Alabama scoring on the other end. Um, so I, yeah, I, I'm not a, I'm not great with predictions in that manner, but I, I'd stay over just because I think Ole Miss will score a bunch of points. You know, South Alabama is going to stay in the game. They're going to have to score a bunch of points. So I, I would say it's, it's a pretty high-scoring contest. I, I could see Ole Miss putting up 40 and you know, South Alabama getting a 20s or something like that. So I, I would say probably over. Yeah, I think as an Ole Miss fan, you should hope that you get over. Uh, I think Ole Miss is probably starting three, maybe four NFL wide receivers against a Sun Belt team. So I think you have to hope that it's over. Um, so you're clearly picking Ole Miss to win um, at least by 24. Um, so before we let you go, a couple housekeeping items. So if you're having a hot dog, what are you going to put on your hot dog? I am a white ketchup guy with some relish. That is kind of how I like my hot dog. I don't put a lot on there, but I'll put a little bit of ketchup, and then I like relish, um, which is kind of interesting. I didn't start doing that until I ate so much ballpark food at Swayze the last three years, and uh, I, I kind of abused some of those week midweek dollar hot dog nights. Um, so I, I kind of got the system down where I'll put a little bit of ketchup and some relish on it, and we're, we're good to go. All right, wow, so no mustard, the greatest condiment I, of all time. See, I'm not against mustard, but for some reason that combo of ketchup and relish is just kind of weird. I know, but no, I, I'm going to stick with that. Um, I'm not against mustard, though. Like, I'm not one of those guys that, like, you know, what asshole puts, you know, mustard on his hot dog. Like, I, I, I can see how you do that, but I, personally I just stay away from the mustard on hot dogs. All right, fair enough. I, I respect your sandwich game. Um, so, best, who has the best burger in, in Oxford? I, I don't see how you can answer anything other than Handy Andy's. Um, I mean, whether Saturday morning or what after a night out or something like that, I mean, to me, nothing hits the spot like a Handy Andy burger with those tater tots. Um, so, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that Handy Andy's has the best burger in Oxford. I will say there are a lot of others. The competition – for the burger game is pretty good around here, but I, I I can't go with anything else other than Handy Andy. First thing that comes to mind when you hear the beacon? Breakfast place? Like, see, I'm, I'm, and my girlfriend will kill me for this, but, like, my breakfast game around here is not what it should be. Like, she'll have to drag me to BBB, which I like. It's good, but I, I'm generally just not – hungry in the mornings so am i right beacons are breakfast place right that sounds ridiculous to ask <laughs> yeah it is uh it, that was kind of getting at do you think it's good or not i i i i'm pretty i've eaten there one time 
and to me, all that brunch stuff is the same. So I'm going to say the beacon is good. Um, do, do you have a differing opinion? Uh, well, I mean, I I wouldn't say it's good, but it's definitely not bad, but not not my go-to. But um, yeah, respect your food game. Whether you think it's good or not, it, it's all good. Um, yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, you got to go BB. Don't you have to go BBB first if you're thinking strictly breakfast place around here? Like, I feel like that's the that's the top of the name of mine brand. Oh, for sure. Um, their uh, Oxford Grillhouse actually has a super underrated uh, brunch game. If you haven't had that, um, shrimp and grits there are really good. But yeah, I mean, BBB is definitely top of the list if you're going to talk breakfast games. Um, so, last thing here before we let you go, what are your, I, I guess, predictions, thoughts on how things are going to shake out September 11th in Covington, in Covington Kentucky? I, I really, and I, I, I'm not trying to cop out here, I really have no idea. And I think anyone that tells you they have an idea is either lying, I mean, is lying or they're just taking a blind guess. I mean, there's just, there's so many factors at play with this whole thing, you know, whether it be the Leo Lewis thing in the second NOA or, you know, there's just, to me, there's so many moving parts. And the fact that, that you know, this was supposed to be the case where the NCAA cleaned up their act. And, you know, just kind of things are different now about how we enforce things, which may or may not have been, actually been the case. And so with this, I, I don't know, like nobody can define the middle ground between the enforcement staff and the COI and like which way they would generally side of it. So I, I literally, I have no idea which way it's going to go. Um, I, don't, I don't really think any outcome, um, barring something like apocalyptic, would surprise me at all about what happens. Um, so... I think it really – your guess is as good as mine, just as anyone's. I think it's just now a waiting game to see what actually happens. Um, and I don't think we'll find out, obviously, until, you know, mid, middle of, middle or early November because I don't think anyone involved in that meeting on September 11th is going to give out any sort of information or hint as to what happened in there or what's going to happen. All right, well, there you have it. Brian Rippey is saying that Ole Miss will get a one-year ban – <laughs> and we will we we will know on November first. He is guaranteed it on Podcast Rebellion. Um, so, Blood so yeah. Guaranteed. So <laughs> yeah. All jokes aside, um, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Um, so I guess if you want, tell the good folks at home where they can find you on the Twitters and uh, find all your work with OleMissSports.com. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at BS Rippey, B-S-R-I-P-P-E-E. And most of my work is, you know, on the athletic site, um, on com, or I usually have something in most game programs and stuff like that. So I would love for you all to check it out. All right, Brian. Well, we appreciate it. And uh, maybe we'll see you uh, in the Grove um, or in the stadium. But other than that, thank you for joining. And uh, we will talk to you later. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.